0: Hey everybody, welcome to another edition of the Mayfair Theatre Podcast. I'm Andrew. I'm Mel. And this is Josh. And this is episode 63. Yep. Which is ridiculous. That's a lot of podcasts. Yeah. Um, uh, welcome to the Mayfair Theatre, home of the Ethan Hawke Film Festival. Yeah, that's correct. I wish we were showing a third Ethan Hawke movie <laughs> this week. Explorers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just like, if we were showing like a kids club movie this week, it could be Explorers oh or... the um, yeah, I hope people like Ethan Hawk. No one doesn't like Ethan Hawke, right? Everyone likes Ethan Hawke. Two Ethan Hawke movies this week.
1: I don't have anybody who's not okay with him.
0: I like Ethan Hawke. He's- I'm okay with him. Yeah. You don't-, <laughs> you don't like any. You were so mad when Leo DiCaprio <laughs> oh, won no, that Oscar. I still am. You're furious. <laughs> <laughs> one day you're going to meet him and you'll be like crying. What What'd I do to you? <laughs> um, man, where do where I first know Ethan? Am I old enough? yet? Yeah. I guess Explorers. I was, like, a, I guess Ethan and I are around the same age. And Explorers, I went through a run of kids' movies when I was a kid, and I was the exact right age for all of them. Mm. So, like, like the kid in Gremlins, the kids in Goonies, Explorers. Uh, I, I was right at that age where I was like, I could be one of these guys. Yeah. And there was so many of those, like, kids having crazy adventures, uh, a never-ending story. Being allowed
1: to play outside um, yeah. without your yeah. parents. Swearing,
0: <laughs> looking at Playboys, <laughs> things yeah. you can't do in kids' movies anymore. Um, so the one of the films this week is an auto-premiere, 10,000 Saints. Um, it's from the directors of American Splendor. Which is a really good movie. A really good movie. And um, based on a book, which I... I tried to find information on the book when I was writing up about it and I couldn't find anything. Uh, but it was like, um, uh, it was on, it's always weird to say it's on the New York Times bestsellers list because everything's on the New York Times bestsellers list. <laughs> like, it's kind of like quoting Rotten Tomatoes. It's kind of a in cheat, but...
1: thousands title long yeah. list.
0: But it's a New York story about a bunch of troubled kids and their troubled parents, from what I understand. It's like had, a rock and roll movie. There's yeah. Hot hot music gets in it gets
1: shipped To live at his dad's place? Yeah. In New York? And he's... his Ethan Hawke is like a pot-smoking,
0: super-liberal
1: dad who owns a bong and keeps it in the house kind of thing, and the kid is, like, punky, but, like, straight-edge vegan. Straight-edge punky. It's me! You know? (laughs) uh, And his dad just, like, doesn't get it. He's like, why would you not want to partake in these things? Like...
0: Is this Ethan playing the same character he did in Boyhood? Yeah, it seems like it. <laughs> is this the... I think he he the slacker is... dad. Yeah. Despite having different roles, like you know, like in in Training Day, he's a cop, or he's done a couple of horror films. I do find that he is one of those actors who is kind of always Ethan Hawke. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like like in in the in the the bef- in the, the what do they call them the trilogy the uh, before the before tr- trilogy the before trilogy and and and. These kind of parenthood movies he's done, he's always kind of that, like, goatee, hipster, poetry-reading, nice guy who's also a little bit annoying kind of thing, yeah. <laughs> you know? like
1: I feel like he's never, like, too much of anything, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, if you take uh, Johnny Depp as an example of, yeah. like, a person who does Johnny Depp, like, he's Re- been yeah. doing Johnny Depp. I really like Benny and June because he's more like Buster Keaton... Right. It's like the beginning of it. He's not, like, fully immersed.
0: Yeah. It, 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 he hasn't done... Man, what, what was Johnny's last, like, toned-down, not-over-the-top Tim Burton crazy haircut yeah. movie? The Tourist? The Tourist? Oh. But nobody saw that We don't <laughs> want <our movie laughs> to hear The Tourist. But all um, that
1: to say, like, like he can be too Johnny Depp. Yes. Whereas Ethan Hawke is never really...
0: And I like Ethan Hawke because he's... Some people, for better or for worse, from some people's point of view but he's kind of a real artist. And that, sometimes people use that as an insult nowadays. I think he wrote a novel, didn't he? Yeah, I think he wrote a couple novels and he's done like, I think he has done like some poetry stuff and he plays music and he's, whenever he's him on a talk show, he seems all kind of cool and laid back and like he, he, I don't think he's the kind of guy who has like handlers and you know, like yeah, I think yeah, he's just, yeah. you know, he's, he you know, does movies. What you're
1: saying is, yeah. you don't think he's the kind of guy that gets too drunk in
0: public. No, no. <laughs> e- even like, guys who do that who who are beloved Canadian icons oh like God. Kiefer Sutherland, oh you know? I, well, I was gonna say, uh,
1: at the Genies that year, Oh, yeah. Dave Foley was drunk as Dave, fuck. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I think Dave Foley, I loved it Dave He might Foley. have been on some other things, too. Maybe, Maybe but his
1: handler was very much so like, uh, he's had a few and we are like, it's fine, it's fine, it's yeah. so we. like, I, I th- <laughs> we were very drunk.
0: I think Dave has come out the other side of yeah. some bad times and, and, uh, so, yeah, I think he would admit that he's had some public drinking in his uh, Well, I past. mean, he wasn't,
1: like, he wasn't, you know, rotten. He no, no. Uh, he wasn't inappropriate. He was just, like, he was, just be careful. <laughs> like, just FYI. He's, yeah. We should go eat a sandwich. Yeah. basically <laughs> what she was saying.
0: Yeah. Yeah, Ethan is, is, um yeah, I always found him very endearing when he'd be on, like, Letterman and stuff, because it was clear that he was very honored to be on Letterman. And they were talking about how he was a, he is, at a you know... Now it's crazy because, like, Jennifer Lawrence is, like, 19 and she has 25 <laughs> nominations. But, like, like he, at the age of 40, has four nominations. And that is for writing and acting, which is kind of cool. Yeah. And Dave was like, do you want to win? And he's like, no, I want to be, like, that person who gets, like, 20 nominations and doesn't win. And people feel sorry for me. But I'm like, "Yeah, hey, it's fine. You know, like, he just wants to keep on being nominated. And he wants to be the guy that people like, cut to in the audience is, like, oh, he lost again, he, and he said, I'll pretend to be happy and, like, clapping and stuff, and be upset, but, but yeah, I, I, like, and I like his career because with few exceptions, like, he really hasn't done, like, what, is Training Day his most mainstream movie? Like, he hasn't really done super, like, he hasn't done yet, like a, a Marvel movie, or he hasn't done no, something not. with a, with a, a number. Like, well, he did a type. car chase movie with Selena Gomez. Yeah, what was, but was that, that nobody like... Nobody saw. No, but was that like... The,
1: uh, one of the reviews that I read was very like, this is his indie contribution for the year, or something like that. Yeah. Sort of, uh, in that he tends to make kind of a Smaller movie films. from each category a little yeah. bit. Like, he's not sticking to one. But he. Uh, you're right, he hasn't really done anything...
0: Yeah, like he has... Like, even like actors that are really cool and nothing against these kind of movies, but, like, you know, Charlize Theron just signed on for the next Fast and Furious movie. Yeah. And Kurt Russell was in one, you know? So it's like, act, legit actors will kind of... You know, and no problem with that, will take a gig because that's their oh. job, you know? And, and... uh
1: If they didn't, where would... No. Cineplex be? <laughs> I,
0: I, always, I always get mad when people get mad at an actor for, for us, doing yeah. that. They'll be like... Oh, Michael Keaton's in the RoboCop remake, and I'm like, yeah, he's an actor. Okay. He had yeah. two months off, and that exactly. that was, a, but he has to pay the bills. You know, yeah. like he, he doesn't
1: have to live on the street. That's a yeah. good thing.
0: Yeah, but um, uh, okay. but but it's funny because speaking of so, Ten Thousand Saints, which is like an indie 80s style New York movie. So his other film we have coincidentally this week is um, Born to Be Blue, which is a Chet Baker movie, mm-hmm. uh, and he's. I'm not an expert on this subject, but it's not the first Chet Baker film. I think there's been a couple of biopics before. Well, didn't Chet Baker make movies? Like he I think might so. have been an actor. Yeah. Because in this movie, it's not a straight up biopic. It, it like the Miles Davis movie that's coming up. It's uh, like heavy fictionalization. Like right. apparently in this movie, it's like he's in a movie within a movie about his life.
1: They took a lot of liberties to sort of I'm not even sure tell I the want story to say, i'm not even sure why but just like to make it a bit less of a biopic and more of a more impressionistic story.
0: Yeah. yeah kind of like what they did with steve jobs mm-hmm. yeah and, and nowadays i mean forever like when it says based on a true story it means based on a true story Do you have like, to understand
1: things. that you can't take it literally people
0: take it literally like people rep- some people seem pissed off like oh steve jobs like they made all this stuff up and it's like well
1: Okay, it, like, I'm just as pissed off as anybody that yeah. Tom Bombadil wasn't in the Lord of the Rings movies, but <laughs> yeah. really, you I'm... can't just put everything
0: in. That's so funny you bring that up, because I'm not a giant Lord of the Rings fan. And and, and not that you can't be both, but I swung more towards kind of Star Wars and comic books right. and not Dune Lord of the Rings. That's just where my nerdhood swung. Fair And so, there's two ways you read Lord of the Rings. Either the very, like, romantic, like, kid at summer camp reading it and fantasizing about the world. Or with, like, a gun to your head and your best friend going, read this, you'll love it.
1: This is my favorite book. (laughs) So,
0: so that's how I read it. And and I swear, there were some pages that it was, like... It was like turning like a like a Flintstones page made of rock, where it would just be like a page of poetry and, and two hobbits like holding You've hands. you really read
1: it like eight times because yeah. like, what
0: are these words? Oh, and I turn the page and be like, oh god. <laughs> but the two parts that were my favorite parts in the books were one, Tom Bombadil, yeah. and two, the part at the end of the the trilogy where the hobbits come home and kind of kick some ass. Mm-hmm. Those are my two favorite parts in the books. And those Sorry, were the two Dad. parts not in the movies, <laughs> and I couldn't believe it. I was like, "Really?" <laughs> like, and I got mad because like they were adding new characters. I know, and I'm like, "You're adding new characters. <laughs> <Stop. Yeah. laughs> what about Tom Bombadil?" And and especially that Peter Jackson is is like a, a self proclaimed like giant nerd. Yeah, it it would be like if I did a Batman movie and was like, "Ah, we're taking out Alfred." It's you like, know, you don't
1: really <laughs> like, love
0: this. Yeah, you don't love me. <laughs> you but you can't. It's all an adaptation, and yeah. and the thing you love is still there. That that book, that comic, that, that autobiography. Well, people think like, books and movies should be exactly the same. No, you com- can't. Like, they're completely different art forms. Yeah. On TV
1: shows, like, people who complain about The Walking Dead, not to go down the yeah. TV road again, but, like...
0: It's different. Th-
1: it's different, and they're both good in their own way.
0: And there's stuff that works... I love comic books, because there's stuff that works with a... Um, a bit of dialogue and a picture, or like a a a, um, a box, like a narration box and a picture, that doesn't work in in film. Yeah. That also wouldn't work as a novel, and then there's stuff that works in novels that doesn't work in movies, and like so it, it goes there's back and forth. Like,
1: yeah, there's a lot of emotion that can come out in a movie that doesn't necessarily come out when you're reading it. Yeah. To, like to see things on screen or like a like facial expressions or I don't know. Yeah, it's or, totally different. Or like
0: a music score or just all like Yeah, the, don't
1: get me wrong. I will totally say I like the movie better or I like the book oh yeah. better if that's, you know.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I I have yet to read Jaws even though the book's like I it. hear it's terrible though. That but time. that's what I keep on that yeah, keeps... keep me away, away from I it. it. I haven't yeah. read it, but it it's not uh, like the movie's such a monster classic that I saw some videos You almost don't want touch it. Yeah, and I saw some video that basically spoils the whole book and explains, like, this is why it kind of sucks. Yeah. Now, I haven't read it, to be fair, but um, apparently the book has a lot of subplots that have nothing to do with the shark. And the movie had a lot of... It's so, it seems like kind of a soap opera with yeah, with a that's shark. kind of about a shark. <laughs> But well, it's mostly about the people on Amity, and, like, Chief Brody's wife has an affair with uh, Richard Dreyfus's character. Yeah. And there's there's a mafia subplot with the, so the mayor. I think... So. I have heard it's a rare example of the movie being way better than the mm-hmm. book. And the book was kind of like a pulp fiction, early 70s, like... like um, Almost like a book you'd get off the shelf at, at like, a, a grocery store or drugstore. Like an airport. And, yeah. And then with a bunch of talented... Writers and actors on set, and and stuff that's really famous, like kind of them singing and comparing their war wounds, was well. That's John Milius, I think. Yeah, w- was Carl Gottlieb, who uh, uh, wrote the jerk with Steve Martin. I think he is credited with the script. Yeah, but John Milius, who's like this amazing, prolific screenwriter, he contributed like the the USS um, Indianapolis speech, right? Yeah, that yeah. Robert Shaw gives. So I gotta read it out of curiosity, but it, it's like. <laughs> But well, I, really, I don't know if any of that's in the book. Probably not. I don't think so, no. When, when I was younger, uh, JFK came out. And that got in a lot of trouble, even though Oliver Stone, crazy old Oliver Stone, from day one was like, this is not like a literal biography. This is a yep. fictionalized version. Mm-hmm. And one thing they did, it's funny, speaking of, of the Sutherlands, Donald Sutherland plays a character in the movie who is essentially like... The guy with the answers. Yeah, he's conspiracy exposition man. And so they took that, and they basically took five or six plot lines and had Donald Sutherland say, Hey, Kevin Costner, this is what's going on. Mm -hmm. And then historians got all mad, and they were like, Well, yeah, but we did that because it's a two-hour movie, and we're trying to move things along. So if this fictional character says what five people did, that just kind of helps. But nowhere does it ever say that this is... I mean, even documentaries are tough, because, like, I like Michael Moore, and I really liked his last film, the one we just screened, um, where to invade next but if I was on a debate club I would be like yeah that's super left wing propaganda they they leave out some facts he overgeneralizes oh yeah, yeah. And, and, but it's a really good movie and I think it's he's a good filmmaker a, and yeah, his heart's yes. in the right place but it's the difference between like, a lot of I mean, people obviously
1: he's biased that's oh god people, yeah right. Like... And, but,
0: like... yeah. but he tells a good story really yeah. he's a good filmmaker whereas a lot of people want to make a documentary where they I guess they have a lot of factual credibility but they don't make a very good film no so it's like who cares and, and what did he say in the movie he has a quote where he's making fun of himself kind of thing where he says like i know my critics will say i'm not trying hard enough but in this story he's i'm like not- i'm here to he pick say? the flowers yes. not the weeds yeah he's They're like I mean, about it- italy and how italy has a lot of great social programs yeah so you saying like time off and- i know there's still bad things around the planet but in this case, I'm trying to make a story saying, hey, my fellow Americans. Instead of everything sucks, you guys. Yeah. <laughs> <Which> is, <laughs> and we show a lot of documentaries oh, about yeah. how everything sucks. Yeah. We went through a run. I, I should go back and find it. But we went through a run it was of just. Oh my here. God. It was like all the bees are dying, <laughs> plastic's killing us, politics is horrible, horrible things happening to women, just just bad, bad, bad. Mm-hmm. And at one point, our, 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 our lovely former projectionist Matthew comes down. And and I was sitting by myself watching a movie, and we looked at each other. I'm like, oh, my God. What are we doing? We got to just show, like, it's a wonderful life or something. Like, this is killing me. Well, we have two documentaries this week that don't seem doom and gloom. Yes. Love Thy Nature, narrated by Liam Neeson. Um, And kind of the pitch of the movie is, although it is about an environmental film, which are are often doom and gloom, um, it's kind of like we can still fix this, I believe. Like, like it's like, it seems kind of hopeful. Yeah. They
1: talk about, uh, I forget what the word is, because I don't know how to science, but
0: um, <laughs> basically,
1: like, making technology work with nature to help fix the problems that we've created.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. So basically,
1: it's like the opposite of doom and gloom, like, very hopeful. Yeah. We, yeah. We still have time, and we can do this, but we have to do it.
0: Yeah, because we, we showed one about plastics, and it was terrifying and at the end of the movie it was just like yep we can't fix it roll credits and i was like wait no he's supposed to tell us to recycle or something but but yeah it's a love that nature and i know um it's a bit of a shorter film which is good for us because i know they they have guest speakers before each night i believe who just want to do a short introduction yeah so uh i think we've already kind of warned them that like you know we can't do like a half hour q a but if you want to do like a five minute intro that's cool and i think they'll have various groups here with like flyers and things and stuff so yeah
1: i think they're going to do a bit of a panel discussion either beforehand or afterwards and yeah. there's going to be a ton of people on hand to hand out literature
0: yeah and so if you if you miss your question on the night i'm sure they'll have <laughs> websites and places to go i love this kind of movie if only because they they try really hard to spread the word and get people in whatever the genre it's very nice because of course the bigger films that we show uh, you know, Disney didn't send out tweets to say, come see good dinosaur. Uh, they Cause they got other they things to, to do. They didn't
1: prophet Carlton to come talk about dinosaurs. That's yeah. That's for sure.
0: <laughs> but the folks that love thy nature have been like, have been tweeting and doing stuff and getting the word out. And so hopefully we'll have a nice big crowd of, and, and we do live in a neighborhood in Ottawa of Glebe, Old Ottawa South slash Carlton University, which I think is of interest to this yeah. subject, of uh, people who are interested in this kind of thing. Um, and Liam Neeson is kind of the, the, the star name attached to it, which I think is funny, because poor old Liam Neeson, now I just associate him with his family being kidnapped and him killing a lot of people. Oh. <laughs> so I, I was, you know, like, He used to be like a legit, serious actor, and now he just has family members kidnapped in all of his movies. But, um, so he's the narrator of this. Uh, the other one we have has a nice long title. Uh, Call of the Forest, the Forgotten Wisdom of Trees. Sounds and like a Rush song. <laughs> yeah.
1: Admission is free for free. this one.
0: Is this one of those things... Do they have to go to a website in advance and sign up for the free?
1: Uh, I don't think so. We don't so. know. I, I don't have no idea.
0: So. I don't think so. Double check. If it's you... just
1: listed free. Yeah. So I think license. you
0: can just come double check if you're interested just in case we're lying to you but i'm pretty sure yeah it's just you can you can come and they'll have free admission um, although we would always like shows to sell out very rarely even do pack show sell out so you should be fine just to show up um and this one is about the great forests of the world so again hopefully we'll be too depressing because we're humans are horrible and cut down all the trees but i think this is another documentary that's kind of saying like we're, we're making stride. There's still, we can still fix this. We can still not be on a planet empty of trees for for the rest of our lives. Mm -hmm. Um, so yeah, so there's two, two, uh, nature-themed documentaries this week. Uh, one of them with free admission. People like free, so that's cool. So you can come to the free admission and spend the money you were gonna spend on a ticket on popcorn. That's how it works. (laughs) Um, and then, uh, kind of a mainstream movie, uh, which I'm excited that we got because I hate going to the multiplex and I love Tina Fey. Uh, we have Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, uh, which is a war comedy, uh, kind of along the lines of I don't know action comedy, kind of just because I think there's explosions and crashes in it and stuff. Uh, but it's it's Tina Fey, Margot Robbie, uh, who else is in it? Martin Billy Th- Bob Thornton. Billy Bob Thornton, Martin Freeman. Martin Freeman. Really good cast. Uh, she plays a news producer who goes to Kabul. And I've been in love so with...
1: this is also based on a book.
0: I think, <laughs> so, yeah, true. I think she might be playing a real person. Oh, yeah, yeah. She, um... I saw a photo of her the with the real person. think the lady
1: is Barker instead of Baker. Yeah. In real life. Or the other way around. Um, Barker in the movie Baker in real life.
0: And anyway. It, and, uh... Tina Fey, I'm fascinated by the career of Tina Fey because Tina Fey had no intentions of being a movie star. She was a, a writer and a, and a performer. Mm-hmm. And then she kind of fell into doing the news on Saturday Night Live. And I remember back in the day, she'd be on Conan and she'd come to Conan and joke about pitching a clip. And she would joke about, I'm in this new romantic comedy and it's me and Renee Zellweger. And she would just make a joke. And then they'd show some like clip from a bad old movie. And she'd be like, didn't, I'm not in a movie. I'm never going to be in movies. And now, 15 years later, she's in movies. Didn't uh, Paul Rudd do that? He'd always go on Conan and be like, yeah, it's a clip from my new movie. And it was always that clip from Mac and Me of the kid going down yes. the hill on his wheelchair. Paul Rudd continues to do that. And it's one of my favorite things on television ever. And what I like is it's clear that Conan actually is pissed off about it. And Paul Rudd keeps doing it. And he's done it without exaggeration twice a year for 20 years on Conan. And the last time he was on, I saw him on for Ant-Man and Paul Rudd gets really serious and he's like, look, uh, this this is a big Disney Marvel movie and so I know some fans are expecting me to do the thing. I'm not going to do it. And the crowd kind of goes, Aww. He goes, but, but we got a show clip from Disney and this happened, so you can go back on YouTube and watch me making fun of poor Conan. And you could tell Conan didn't know. And he goes, okay, let's roll a clip. And it's the same clip and it cuts back and Conan is just like, kind of pretending to be more upset he's than like he walking is away. Yeah, walking <laughs> away and Paul Rudd's all proud of himself and and oh, uh man. but yeah he's been doing that for for two decades on coding but uh um yeah Tina Fey I I loved 30 Rock um and i listen you know later when we'll, we'll plug our audible advertising I listened to her audiobook um Bossy, Bossy Pants. Pants and it's great it's just amazing filled with really cool stories but uh, and then Margot Robbie, who's kind of come out of nowhere the last couple years and is about to be in Suicide Squad, and I didn't even know she was Australian, because I've just seen her play three or four movies as an American. That's funny. And then she's on Colbert, and I was like, wait, what?
1: Why are you doing <laughs> a weird accent?
0: Yeah, why, why are you talking Australian? <laughs> um, and this is kind of the case of, of, of it happens where a movie, despite kind of good reviews and a, and a great cast, doesn't really catch on at the multiplex, and that's not really a bad thing for us because.
1: Those films usually do pretty well yeah. for us.
0: Because people didn't go see them at the multiplex. And then we but have they're our. They're still curious. They're still curious, and it's still not a bad film. And like. It's from the directors of Bad Santa. Oh, is it I really? Not really? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Yeah. And, and it, it's. Um, yeah. So, it, like I said, I'm looking forward to seeing it, and, and it, we usually get a good crowd with this. And I, the example I always use is uh, Scott Pilgrim which, God, like three four years ago now, but kind of famously tanked, was a a great movie that flopped. And we screened it and, like, packed the place for a couple nights with it. Uh, And what was the... Oh, um, the Coen Brothers movie we just screened did really well. Hail Caesar. Hail Caesar. And that really didn't do anything in in the multiplex.
1: People applauded. Yeah. We had ovations. Yeah,
0: people were, like, clapping. and, And I... Whenever you're working a movie that's getting laughs strangely, it always sounds like a laugh track. Yeah. Like, I always think, is that the movie laughing? Is that, no, oh, people are actually enjoying themselves. Yeah. But it always sounds like they're, they're, like, it sounds like a laugh track cue. But, but that movie, I remembered, it's so funny because, like, we just screened absolutely anything with Simon Pegg. Mm-hmm. Far from a classic. Not the best movie ever made. But the funny thing is, on Rotten Tomatoes, it had, like, a seven. I was like,
1: gonna say, like, <laughs> don't judge a movie by its Rotten Tomatoes rating, and and even though we use them often for our tweets.
0: Yeah, I'm I, I'm totally <laughs> only <and> if it's <laughs> like 99. Yeah. percent yeah, that's true. If I'm using it to sell a movie, listen to okay, it. <laughs> yeah, but we went to see it. I, I came with with my mom and Gwen to see it, and the crowd was laughing. And and again, not the best movie of all time, but I thought it was good. And it's it's so funny the difference between. An audience coming to a movie who clearly have just come to a movie, didn't read the reviews, and then reviews can be dangerous because um, they can help a film, but they could also really like hurt a film that could if otherwise it's
1: like a bad enough review. It can sort of make up my mind about a movie. And then I'm sitting there like, Well, this is garbage. Oh yeah. This movie is garbage. Why am I even watching it? Well
0: I will I will never forgive uh, and despite him being someone who we we, we held his retirement party here. Not in a bad way. You know, people are allowed to have their different opinions. Oh. But I'll Jay never forgive Jay Stone. Stone and, I'll, and I would tell this to his face. I'll never forgive him because he gave, like, a, like a zero-star review to Army of Darkness. And in the write-up to it, like, clearly he wasn't in on the joke that Army of Darkness was, like, a purposeful, like, B-monster movie with catchphrases. And it was low-budget, so it had, like, stop-motion... Um, Monsters and...
1: Oh, so he just went in wearing his grumpy pants and like, why?
0: (laughs) And so he tore it apart and it's one of my favorite movies. But it would be like, you know, not every movie has to be, uh, you know, Schindler's List. Like, some movies are heavy and depressing and dramatic and great and some are goofy. You know, like, like Steve Martin doing The Jerk or, you know, like a Muppet movie is fine. Not every movie. And I... I, Well, I...
1: I Few episodes ago about how Andrew's friend doesn't find comedies funny. Yeah, and I'm sort of in the same camp, but that doesn't mean I'm never gonna watch a comedy. Yeah, you know what I mean. I'll still give it a chance.
0: Or like, if you don't like horror films, you can't go to a horror film and say it's too scary. Like you're just like, well, it's okay, you don't like it. Yeah. but that's kind of what it's shooting for. Another one. This just came to my brain years ago. Whenever Chicken Run came out, like ten, <laughs> 10 years ago, I'll never forget this. Richard Roper gave it a bad review, in the context of the review, was talking about how he hates chickens. And I was like, Okay. No, Mr. Roper. <laughs> hates, hates eating them? Or I hates them, as, just, creatures. Hates them as creatures? Hates them as creatures in life. He's just
1: prejudiced against chickens? So he's
0: prejudiced against chickens. And I'm like, you can't so give a kid's Why movie-
1: did they send him to watch yeah. the chicken movie? What the fuck?
0: That's like, so stupid. You should have, like, thrown in the yellow card and been like, I can't review this. Send the, under- the, the intern. Just send the chicken lover. <laughs> yeah, like like it's like i don't like so that
1: he can adequately judge the chickens at <laughs> least fuck
0: yeah like i don't like guns it's like but i think 10
1: out of 10 for a chicken yeah like i it,
0: but it was the weirdest review where i thought like like you're not being professional oh. because this is an argument animation movie everyone else loves this movie it's okay if you didn't like it, but you should have left out that paragraph where you ranted about how you hated chickens. Because if you would have just said, I don't like the story, I didn't like the animation, I thought it was boring, fine. that Or if you were like,
1: I fucking hate chickens, (laughs) but...
0: Yeah, but this was great. Here's
1: some stuff about the movie. Yeah. because I have to write a review. Like,
0: ugh. Because I I don't like guns, but I think Die Hard's awesome, but I've never shot someone in the kneecaps. I don't like (laughs) movies about dogs and how like i love dogs uh-huh. but i don't love movies about how cute they are like and like and how wonderful like airbug like, like, yeah i i um i only like movies where dogs kill people so <laughs> i like killer dog So movies. i
1: was gonna say like homeward bound <laughs> yeah like, yes
0: yeah so. talking dogs yeah doesn't do it for me <laughs> does hooch kill anybody is turn turn well ter- hooch is like a regular dog dog <laughs>
1: so kujo is your favorite then.
0: I've never seen Cujo. What? Wait. No, you can't. I've seen Man's Best Friend. Have you ever seen oh that movie? God, no. No, you can't watch that movie. Okay. You can't say you okay. only love killer dog movies and say cat. you haven't seen Cujo. That's like, like I like Batman movies, but I've never seen Batman. <laughs> Cujo is probably
1: the first creepy movie that I've ever seen. It's kind
0: of like one of those like kids horror movies where... You can watch it when you're, like, 12 at a sleepover and not get scarred for life. My dad
1: life. was like, you have to watch this with me. Yeah. It's like, why? I don't even like dogs. And I was like, <laughs> killer dog. He was like, I never am going to like dogs ever. <laughs> yeah.
0: It's a fascinating book because the book is, like, a book. Like, it's not, like, 50 pages. It's, like, 300 pages. And you're like, how can this be a it's book? It's also not,
1: like, It, which is, like, yeah, eight books in
0: one. But he manages to write a story where, like, the bulk of the story is, like, a mom and a kid in a car with a dog trying to eat them. Yeah. And it's still, like, edge of your seat. You know. Yeah. What I love about the movie is especially the age of, like, pausing things. If you pause uh, Cujo, it's super clear sometimes that it's, like, a Muppet head oh. Cujo. <laughs> but when you're watching it normally, you don't really see it. But if you freeze frame it, it's clear that, like, because it's all, like, you know, 1-100, 100 like, three-second takes mm. where it's, like, a hand puppet covered in blood going, ah! But you can only catch it if you, like, That's freeze awesome. frame it. Which is kind of the, the the curse of when, the blessing or curse when VHS became a thing. And you could go home and be like, like pause it to find all the flaws. Where it's like, yeah, but the, the naked human eye can't see that flaw, but...
1: But, yeah. Uh, speaking of um, puppet dogs.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh,
1: the never-ending Story is coming out. Oh, yeah. And somebody on the internet the other day posted a screenshot of Artax and Atreyu. Yeah. And I don't know how I'm going to handle that day.
0: Is that going to make you weep as well? Oh, yeah. So is the theme of our kids' club <laughs> <It's> movies just <interesting. laughs> you have Mel
1: Cries, brought to you by the <laughs> Medicare.
0: This is four out of five <laughs> Mel Tears. So That's what, a good
1: rating system. I like
0: that. See, neverending Story, very um, 80s kids of me. Yeah. I never saw it in the theater. I saw it, I was in very like... Um, working single mom i was in like a what do you call it like a summer summer camp summer thing but a a city summer camp okay so the
1: like daytime or after school uh
0: like like daytime so my mom would work and i would go to um we we lived off of gladstones that community center up there uh so i would like it was great because i would like you know there was a pool and we'd go on little field trips and whatever your day camp had a pool yeah outdoor pool cuz I <laughs> the one I went to sucked. We were stuck in a gym all day. What? No, mine was this was we uh, yeah, rarely went outside. This one we'd was go to like the wave pool, but if you you it's go like by jail. go by Gladstone, yeah. there's like an outdoor pool that is the exact same pool still McNab? there. McNabb? Okay. McNabb Community Center. So we would do like, you know, there was like basketball court, we do arts and crafts, but every once in a while we would watch a movie. And like and it would be like like so like A.V. Club because it was like a TV, like an actual TV and a VCR, and you would roll it in and we would, oh, and we would sit on our mats and we'd be in like, the, in, in, the, like, in like a little room, you know, and we would watch a movie. Most of the time it would be family friendly stuff, it would be cool, we would watch Star Wars or, or uh, Pew's Big Adventure. But I remember watching Neverending Story just in that in that aura of like kids, comfortable summer fun, you know. So I've never seen it big screen, um, but I know it's a movie that's like really important. And you're younger than me, so when did you see it?
1: I like I don't even. I was actually in. Either second half of kindergarten or grade one. Because oh, I I was going to school in Rockland during this very specific time and I remember the girl who lived next door would babysit us when my parents went out. Yeah. So we rented this movie and I was like the older obviously my brother was in bed and she was like fifteen or something like that and, and so I watched it with her but we turned it off as soon as the wolf is in the darkness and his eyes light up, I was just done. I was like crying. Yeah.
0: Well, that's the big difference. Nowadays, there's a lot of great kids' movies now, like, like, you know, uh, Frozen, Lego Movie, uh, you know, but when I was a kid, kids' movies were weird, because yeah. they were all kind of a little too scary. Often they would have, like, swear words in them or something. Yeah. And and so movies like Never Ending Story. It's
1: a lot of, like, imagination and stuff that parents really discourage now. Yeah. You know? Like, let's not encourage phobias with our children, like... And stuff that like we grew
0: up in a good time. Yeah. I think it would suck being I'm overgeneralizing here, but it probably would suck being a kid now. You're not allowed to No. You're not allowed to eat anything that may come into contact with nuts. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not allowed to like play after dark. People don't trick or treat anymore. Well even just like kind of offensive things. Or if you do, it's
1: like three thirty in the afternoon when no one's home. Yeah. Oh
0: yeah. And even just kind of offensive things like video games that were played or garbage pail kids cards that it's I'm sure it's all there's still that kind of stuff but it's it's different now like it's it's more like there's not as many every once in a while like a kids movie comes out that reminds me the latest one was actually goosebumps kind of reminded me of an 80s movie if but I said if this was an 80s movie it would just have like two swear words in it and there'd be a reference to a kid reading a Playboy, and everybody
1: and, be wearing high tops. Yeah, and then it
0: would be more like like Back to the Future or Goonies or that kind of thing. Because mm-hmm. uh, now they're just—it's a little more. I don't know. Just even like Spielberg. Like like my big fall from Spielberg has been that where he used to be all imagination and wonder, and it's okay to want to tell different stories. But now, like even though they're movies that are continually, continually Oscar nominated. I'm really kind of neutral on Lincoln and Warhorse and and I, I I like those movies yeah like I didn't li- you know they're not great but yeah and it's just like and maybe it's because like I want is that fear change like just keep making ET movies <laughs> just yeah. you know more goonies but it, it's nowadays although there are cool kid stuff um, this kids club thing is gonna be fun if we can keep on getting these kind of films yeah. because Sometimes people have said, and it's just kind of like, well, you know, they're kids' movies, but they might not be for a four-year-old. They might be for a ten-year-old, you know, because, like, movies for four-year-olds are even tougher because we we can't screen any Disney movies. Yeah. And I don't really want to show Thomas the Tank Engine, you know, (laughs) so I want to kind of show the fun stuff that is appealing to grown-ups as well. Um, And there's a lot out there, but it is a different time. Like, it is a different – man, if we did live in the world where we could show Disney films – Holy cow! Then we could screen Oliver and Company, Oliver and <laughs> Company, Great Mouse Detective, you know, Rescuers, Rescuers oh Down Under. God. Oh man, all these things. But the that horrible Disney vaults thing is it? We can't. We yeah. just can't show all these.
1: Did we talk about Fern Gully?
0: No, Fern Gully okay. we can screen. I think
1: okay.
0: is that's, that that's not Disney. That's no, Fox, and that's like a ninety. Fern Gully one of those movies where. There's a lot, I was just a little older, but there's a lot of boys who, like, I think they're, they went through puberty because of that, <laughs> that, little fairy. that fairy, yeah, like, oh, like, uh, uh like the Little Mermaid? Yeah, 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 like, like, I don't know what that fairy's name is, I believe she was voiced
1: her
0: by Claire Danes, but I could be wrong about that, but that fairy, some boys were like, like... They turned from, from girls are icky to, oh, hello, while watching <laughs> Fern Yeah, That's so funny. And I've heard that a few times over the years from either, like, stand-up comedians or nerds. they are like, yep, yeah, that... And it's weird because it's kind of like a forgotten movie. Like, I don't hear about it a lot the same way I do um, Land Before Time or, or or other movies of that era.
1: I think there's, like... Or no, it's, it's later.
0: It's, like, ten years after that, actually. Yeah. It's like, it's mid-90s, 93, 94
1: there's a specific group of, of I don't know like I'm an 86 baby
0: yeah so I'm 85. so you saw it as a, as a kid you saw yeah, it
1: but I also had younger siblings yeah um, I wasn't like too old for the movie when it came out by any means but like I don't know what year it came out in
0: and you guys were of the the VHS repeated until it breaks generation for
1: sure for sure for sure so I'm I, but I like I know a lot of people who like it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I don't think that's everybody. No. And, I, like, Robin Williams plays the little bat. Yeah. And, like, a lot of people don't know that.
0: And that's where I was surprised it didn't make more... It wasn't a bigger phenomenon. Because I, if I remember this correctly, it came on the heels of Aladdin.
1: Ah, see? Mm-hmm. I thought it was the other was way around. Was it the other way around for some reason?
0: Because, like, Aladdin was, where like...
1: They're basically sort of the same yeah. character.
0: Yeah. And, and like, because Aladdin was this... Giant breakthrough in animation and in the way people do voices and Mm -hmm. not sticking to the script. And I'm sure Ferngully was the exact same way, and where he's playing the same kind of uh, what's the word like kinetic, crazy Robin Williams kind of character.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah, that'd be and well, I just I love 2D animation, which is somewhat of a lost art form now. And even now, like you look at movies that hopefully we will get sooner or later, like Zootopia. It it looks like it should be a two D movie, mm-hmm. but it's a CG movie or like a like a three. They call it three D even though you watch it in not three D. But yeah. But that era was was all these Don Bluth films and and Fern Gully, and it was right when just Toy Story was starting because I think Toy Story was like ninety five. Did
1: 95 it, oh. was a great year. Okay.
0: Did Ralph Bakshi ever do kids movies, or did he just do no. the adult stuff? The, the the he the closest thing he did for kids was he did a Saturday morning cartoon of, of Mighty Mouse, which was mm. great. Um, but he no, he did all the X-rated stuff, and then he did um, uh, Cool World. Cool World was the closest thing he did to a mainstream thing. <laughs> yeah, but he never did did a um, a kids movie per se. Mm. You know. And his, man, I watched, it was a couple years ago the animation festival had, um, I got to meet him. They did a festival and Ralph Bashki came and I bought an animation drawing off of him and stuff like that. And watched a couple of his films and man, they're, they're super X-rated, but they're, they're fun to watch because they, they, they feel like art. Like, they feel like homemade. They feel, you can see, like, the thumbprints on them, which nowadays everything's so clean and yeah. perfect. But um, You see
1: everybody's zits.
0: Yeah, so yeah, yeah, yeah. That's bothers me. Okay. Yeah. But, no, he never did... It. I, man, that's another guy who... I don't think it's as easy because I think it's one of those things where people might get excited and not show up, but I would love to screen some Bashky movies, mm-hmm. but I, I don't think there's... They're not readily available, and there's some out there, but I, like, I don't think... When I was in high school, they screened... Mayfair screened Lord of the Rings, like the, the Bashky Lord of the Rings. Mm-hmm. And maybe another one? I forget what the other one was, but they're a little hard to track down, I think. That we do have a 35 millimeter projector helps, because I think some of them might be hanging around there like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, so I think I think we've covered our base of this week. I can hear, actually, that luckily our Candy Girl's on guard, because I think the movie just let out <laughs> for the yeah. uh, the early show. Um, So I think that's about it for this week. Uh, Check our website for more information on all the films we talked about. Mayfairtheatre.ca, and we're on Twitter, at Mayfair Theatre. We're on Instagram. We're on, what's the other thing? Facebook. 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 Carrier pigeon. Yeah. Um, We're here in real life. We're here in real life. We
1: have a a real life location.
0: Uh, Go visit our friends across the street at House of Targ. I was there last week for uh, Free Play, and I beat my high score on Dig Dug. It was very exciting. And, uh, uh, yeah, and as I was saying, this week for Audible, what's our Audible thing? AudibleTrial.com slash Podcast. You can get a free audiobook. So evidently, like, everything this week is books, but I have listened to Bossy Pants from Tina Fey, star of Whiskey Tango Foxtrot, and I highly recommend that. Maybe there's a, Ethan Hawke's novel is available. It might be. I forget what it's called. Yeah, there might be an Ethan Hawke reading some Ethan Hawke stuff on there, too, um... And 10,000 Saints, based on a book, Born to Blue. So, yeah. Plenty of stuff that is related to our screenings this week at the Mayfair. And
1: uh, come get your Pop-Tarts this weekend from Little Joe Barry's. Oh,
0: I'm so excited. I could have just talked about that for 45 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> so excited to have a there, chocolate Pop-Tart. A
1: peanut butter chocolate flavor. Uh, we're getting, a, like, a half-half order. Oh, of snap. What. The, the berry ones and, and the peanut butter chocolate ones,
0: so... And I'm working both matinees this weekend, so you guys better get here to buy those, because I just eat them. <laughs> and, uh, and right before we leave, our friend uh, Auntie Lou, Mandy, announced on Twitter today... She's that writing a cookbook. A cookbook. Oh, nice. Coming out for Christmas, and I retweeted and I said, spoiler alert, a lot of people are going to be getting this from me for Christmas. I know, like, I'm going to buy, like, four copies. Yeah. For real, and at least, so... Exciting news from her. So, same thing. She's on Twitter. I'm sure she'll have updates. We're excited for our friend Mandy to be getting back into the spotlight and doing something cool. Yeah,
1: I hope everything, she's feeling better and stuff. Yeah. I'm sure that was rough.
0: Cool. And uh, we'll see you next week. See you later.